snatch you straight from under Danny's bed. This is Rage Across the Internet. Quiet, though. He doesn't know we're here. As always, I'm your host, Porter. To my left, producer Joey. Hey, guys. Hey, check it out. It's Tom. How you doing, Tom? <laughs> Dying over here. <laughs> You'll wake Danny up. <laughs> yeah, I may not have told them I was going to do that. Oh, boy. <laughs> so how are we all doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm, I'm pretty good. Pretty good. It's been uh, busy, you know, lately. Really? Yeah. What have you been up to? Well, there's uh, a couple things been up to. Um, X number one has been working really hard on uh, our website. What? 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 Who said that? I think yeah. Porter did. That's crazy talk. Yeah, by the time this airs, we will be live. Rageacrosstheinternet.com So that's www. Rageacrosstheinternet.com You forgot a dot after the W. No, it's all one word. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> New URLs you're making, I like it. That's yeah, crazy. <laughs> Do we have to tell people to put them there out there? You got to tell them about the HTTP. Yeah, the, the slashes. She's <laughs> 94 already. Yeah. Anyone in Ulster remember that when the internet was just becoming a thing and you had like the newscasters going, "We have a website page now." HTTP. Yeah, like yeah, they'd read the whole thing. backslash backslash. www. <laughs> oh yeah. This internet thing's never gonna take off. This is too long. <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, yeah, we don't. We don't need. They can fix. Rageacrossinternet.com. We we're up and running. You can find all of our episodes there, and um, we got a form kicking. We we got some plans. You, you stick to. Go check us out. But on top of that, I actually did a guest spot on another podcast. Really? Yeah. I a um, little podcast called The Nerd Bar. Are you leaving us? No, no, I'm not going anywhere. Oh, thank God. Because <laughs> that Just, leaves us with Danny in your spot. Well, he tried that shit. We saw how well that worked out. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, I, I know the, uh, the host. Uh, we go back, and it turns out we launched on the same day. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, you know, they uh, you know they have a few drinks. They talk about whatever pop culture thing comes to mind. They invited me on. So we talked uh, comics for a couple hours. It was a good time. So we'll throw a link in there to them if um, you, for some reason, want to hear me talk more. But, <laughs> but that was a fun time. I'll probably be dropping by there every now and then. Sounds good. Put a drop if you guys ever want to hear Porter doing pillow talk. <laughs> pillow talk. Hey, everybody. Rage across the internet. We talk about werewolves here. And today, we're going to talk about kinfolk. <laughs> Thanks, that was getting really weird. <laughs> I can make it weirder. Uh, I'm sure you can. <laughs> and you are! <laughs> no, but uh, kinfolk, the topic to draw today. And, you know, I, I think I speak for everyone when I say, hmm, kinfolk. Okay, do go on. Just the, the, the topic everyone's like... I guess, about? Is that is that what you're saying? A little bit. And I think that's because they're just there. They're taken advantage of. Which is kind of what we're doing here today. We're, we're talking about why that's not so great. And, you know, the role in our society, the different ways, excuse me, they can and should be used. Now, tell everybody your favorite saying about kinfolk, playing a kinfolk. Oh, it, it's the same as my hunter. But yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I've, I've never gone bowling and wanted to be the pens. I don't think anybody would want to be the pens. Well, people, people play kinfolk the game, 
and they play Hunter the game. It's true. You know, I mean, there is the source book, Kinfolk Unsung Heroes, which, um, full disclosure, we did not look at at all in preparation for this episode, because it's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about Plague of Kinfolk, per se. Yeah. I mean, the, the option's there if you want it. Go yeah. for it. There's nothing wrong with the book, just that's not our angle today. <laughs> we play werewolf. So, um, tell me, uh, Tom, tell me about the kinfolk from your perspective. Well, from my perspective, the kinfolk that my character has run into are mainly protectors of the Sept and more resource for the Sept. And I think that's largely the most people see of their kinfolk is, is a resource. Mm-hmm. You know, Joey's got her hand raised. Yeah, um... I was just thinking, maybe we should explain what a kinfolk is for our Cubs Corner listener. Okay. Well, there's more than one now. That's true, but... We have... We have... Four Cubs Corner listeners. I was going to say five listeners total. (laughs) (laughs) Four of which listen to Cubs Corner. I I hope everyone does. It's attached to the episode. (laughs) Well, you never know. People could turn off. (laughs) Don't give people ideas. This is true. <laughs> um, anyway, right. what's a kinfolk? Uh, super short version of kinfolk is what happens when, um, when someone's when, not a guy. Awesome. When, when two yeah, that's, love each that's other That's a lazy way much. of explaining that. Look, when a bird and a bee meet each other and they fall in love. Gross. <laughs> You've never heard about the birds and the beads? The beads or the bees? Both. Oh. Well, when a bird well, you, and you, a bee... You've got to really love each other to use the beads. Oh, oh yeah, this Ooh. is true. Oh, oh no. <laughs> TMI. What just happened? <laughs> I don't know, but I think it's going towards murder hornet territory. Oh, let's not get into that, please. <laughs> okay. So, you know, a, a Garu, mm-hmm. he goes to mate. And um, I don't want to give him the percentages. In, in the, in it doesn't matter. That, right. Um, it is either a Garu, like him, mm-hmm. you know, provided, you know, it, it's a human or a wolf he's mating with. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's either another Garu, which is a rare thing, and if not, it's a kinfolk, which, in the super short version, because either this is a real thing or it isn't, they're the carriers of the Garu gene. Okay. You know, they're immune to the delirium, and, you know, because they don't have the powers, but they are able to pass that bloodline on, and, you know, potentially their children can breed true and become Garu. So they help the nation in the ways that they can. So a kinfolk is somebody who is related in some fashion through blood to Garu. Yes, but are not Garu themselves. Okay, so they can't shapeshift, they can't... Yeah, they never underwent their first change. Right, they're, they're, and they're never gonna. They just, they, they can't. So are the people who are Garu, are they kinfolk before their first change? You could look at it that way, but no. They're always Garou. They're always Garou. You know, the same way, you know, if you're playing a Hamid character, you might have been raised as a human, you might have went to school, had your first kiss, your first dance, you were on the softball team, congratulations, but you were actually never human, you just thought you were. Makes sense. Okay, so, now that we got the, the definition out of the way. Yes. And way to take my convoluted nonsense and distill that down so folks can understand, I appreciate that. Anytime. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Christ, how do I do this without getting into, like, the specifics and the numbers and the, what, the kinfolk, if it's a kinfolk, a kinfolk, and a non-kinfolk, oh, it's bringing the medicine. Thank you. Anytime. <laughs> so, what do, what do kinfolk do? What they're told. 
Boom. <laughs> Short answer. <laughs> <laughs> See, that better? <laughs> you have to translate. I, I think that's a, a guru-focused answer. <laughs> it's a guru-focused podcast. <laughs> no, um, I mean, obviously that depends. But um, ideally, the, gar- the kinfolk help the Gara Nation um, however possible. You have people who will, um, for example, they'll become lawyers or, or enter politics to help pass legislation that will maybe help um, clean up neighborhoods or get rid of, uh, put fines on companies for polluting. You know, some, you know, environmentalist kind of angle. You've, you've got, um, you know, lawyers to maybe help with the inevitable legal trouble. That <laughs> When Guru get arrested? What? Because, you know, that does happen. Oh, yeah. You know, the cops will show up on things and... There's a camera there, and you got to make that decision if you want to be in the paper tomorrow. Sometimes you got to take the hit, let yourself be arrested. Okay. You know, um, they they have jobs, which is something that your average guy isn't gonna do. You know, the kinfolk who does not turn into a rage monster can ask, "Do you want fries with that?" Makes sense. You know, they, they can start the businesses. They you know financially support, morally support. You you have and remember that they're family too. Okay. You know, so it's again. They look; they're often looked at as a resource. But you got to remember these these people are family. It's your cousins, your brothers, your sisters, mom and dad. You know, um, it's a thing that's overlooked. But we'll get into that as we go. Um, so, you know, there are. I mean, there's plenty of ways to go with the kinfolk. You know, and I think we have uh, in our game, we have uh, some great examples of of just archetypes you can use. And, I mean, obviously there are more to these characters, but that's not what we're here for. Right. To say, hey, look at my neat kinfolk. It's to go, you point out characters like you have Andrew Bookman. The protector of our sept. Right. He, he's more of like, a, you know, front lines. I mean, he guards the sept, but it's a front lines. You know, someone who's out there doing the job alongside his Garu brothers and sisters, his cousins. You know, we have uh, Vanessa, who's an example of someone who was uh, a lover of one of the Garu in the sept. Or was, because he died. You know, you have uh, Roy, you know. Um, family man. Yeah, the family man, exactly. You know, we, and we have, uh, you know, Ted Collins, who in other games, not this one, is a perfect example of a kinfolk gone bad. Yes, yes. I do love Ted. He's one of my favorite kinfolk. It's, that's weird. Yeah, well. That guy is a weirdo by design. <laughs> and he, I think that's why I like him. He's a creepy, creepy man full of hate and moonshine, probably. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but no, going back to Vanessa. Sure. Okay, so her fiancé. Toothpick Vic. So, Guru. Yep. Now deceased. Yes. What's she still doing there? Oh, she's still kinfolk. She still helped the nation. And moreover, she has his pack that's still there. Okay. Who in her particular case, that's that's family to her. Okay, so she was kinfolk before she met Toothpick Vic? Well, she was always kinfolk. See, see, see what you're doing there. Mm-hmm. And, and you're still, okay, okay. <laughs> you're, still, you're still playing to the cheap seats. That's fine. <laughs> hey, you know, bunting is allowed. <laughs> So, again, Toothpick Vic was the fiancé. Vic, putting a baby in her does not make her a kinfolk. It makes their kid a kinfolk. Okay. She's already kinfolk. Okay, so she has a guru relative out there somewhere. Yes. Okay. And, like, 
is there a dating site for these people? Like, how do they find, like, you know, myperfectguru.com? I, I was going to go better than a leg.com, but, oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, you know, look, I, I'm not, uh, <laughs> great, better than a leg.com. Um, I mean, are there mixers or <laughs> what, you know? <laughs> Well, no, you know, it's it's one of those things. Is you, uh, How do you meet people today? I, I don't. I stay huddled in summer in studios. Awesome. <laughs> you go out to bars. You or go mingle. Or through work. Or through work. Which is probably the worthier part of this point, because if you're working to help the nation, surely you're allowed to accept. You know, and sometimes there are arranged marriages kind of things. You know, sometimes uh, it is. It's just, through, well, hey, here's a... Uh, you grew up around each other because you're around accept. Gotcha. You know, this is this is Stan, you know. And Stan, this is, uh, stomps through the moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, she had a rough day. She wants to burn off some steam. So, uh, lay down and take your pants off. Yikes, that's romantic. Yeah. And getting she, the job done, I mean. So sometimes that's what it is. Okay. Sometimes it's something else. I mean, people are people. Now, okay, so... Going back to, you know, the child would be kinfolk, not the mom or, or you know. How, how does that translate? Like, so if the mother's not kinfolk, but the kid is, mm-hmm. men say the dad's not around, whatever. How does that kid figure out that they're kinfolk and, like, what does that look like? Well... Generally speaking, mm-hmm. you know, because you have, there's a lot of variables in that situation. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Throwing know, that at you. You know, if the mother, all right, is, is the Garo in question or the kinfolk in question, then you go back to the sept. And mm-hmm. that's where they're raised amongst their own people. Right. Ideally. You know, unless we're, we're removing any option of, you know, this is the, the mother or father who just wants a different life or isn't aware of it in the first place. You just... You, you put those outliers over here to the side. That's not what we're right. talking about. So, yeah, if the mother is the one in the nation, well, then there's a no-brainer. Right. You know, if the father was the one in the nation, and, yeah, he's probably not sticking around because that's generally... Not not how that's done. No, not generally not. Um, well, uh, a spirit called a kinfetch can be placed on the cup, on the child. Okay. Which will, after a certain point, and this is usually the case of uh, someone that they believe is going to be, so if a first change occurs, the kinvetch is, um, I don't want to use the word programmed, <laughs> but is trained, mm-hmm. is taught to find the nearest sept and alert those those guys who are there that, hey, we got we got a cub, go get the cub, get, get, get it. So that's how Fetch. some of, so, <laughs> yeah. so that's how some of these kids end up in vans after their first change. Yes. That or they were offered candy and they just were not raised right. Hey, man, candy's candy. It's true. <laughs> Did you never hear Stranger Danger? No, not, no, but he had candy. But I had candy. <laughs> he I mean, when there's a van patrolling and they're handing out candy, I'm going to take get candy. <laughs> well, I'm not getting in the van. I'm just going to take candy. I mean, I, I wouldn't get in the van. Well, that's why you get the puppy. Oh, well, puppy works, too. Yeah, see? <laughs> The candy's the lure, oh. you know, the puppy's the hook. <laughs> oh, you guys were kidnapped like 15 times, I know. I know you were. Anyway, okay. Still here. 
I think that's a win in my column. <laughs> that's true. He made it this far somehow. Some way, somehow. That candy, you, you mocked that candy puppy combo is how we got him here in the first place. <laughs> this is true. Oh, collection of assholes. Okay, so. Who said that? <laughs> somebody somewhere, I'm sure. Um, okay, so if they're not just resources... What else, how else can we look at them? Well, how about his people, his family? And this is this is actually a great time to pivot to, to Tom, who was a little bit been a silent partner here. We're going to throw him on the spot. Oh, yes. The There's no candy under that bus, by the way. Oh, but it would make me do better. Well, we'll see. Is there a puppy under that bus? <laughs> yeah, some of it. Ooh. Now, you know, Crimson Ghost uh, was a character who grew up not believing he had a family. This is true. And that changed in the second chronicle. This is true. So, help. What, so does, help. That, what does that mean to him? Uh, what, what is, you know, he, run with that. Run with that. All right. Yeah, well, go. obviously, Ghost was raised by his father. Not kinfolk. Just standard dude. Just a dude. Just a standard guy. Um, his mother passed when he was born, giving birth to him. And his mother was kinfolk. Yes. So fight the odds there. Good on you. Yep, fight the odds. So, obviously he came to his first change not knowing anything. So after our first chronicle of him being picked up by a pack, uh, our second chronicle in, he learns that he has relatives. And lo and behold, he has to go fetch a relative <laughs> to help him with a job. Okay. So he goes off to St. John. That's where it's called. St. John's Island, yep. Yep, St. John's Island. And lo and behold, he has a huge family that he never knew of. It was eye-awakening moment to him because he was raised by his dad who was not ever around. So he went from having basically no family to having... A crap ton of family. Or at least a crap ton of... Uh, yeah, crap ton of family. That's the way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Um, eight cousins, six aunts and uncles? Yep. Yep. I mean, I don't have my exact notes in front of me, but I believe, yes. Yeah, it's off the top of my head. Yeah, I think it was around eight cousins. I detailed them all. (laughs) Yep, six aunts and uncles. Most most kinfolk, only one cousin was a changer. And only one uncle was a changer. Yeah, not a whole lot of uh, of Garu in that bloodline. No, but very well-known Garu in that bloodline, according to our story. Yes. But I think that illustrates the point that there's a lot of kinfolk generally compared to the number of guru. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, and... Don't get into the percentages. <laughs> I'm not good on this one percent, just okay. the one. And it's, if I remember correctly, I don't have this skewed with the, but, you know, if a, a garu and a kinfolk mate, this is garu and kinfolk, this is your best possible match, it's an, a one in eight chance that kid breeds true. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's not encouraging, and that's with your best your best option. The odds go down. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. I didn't know it was that low. <laughs> but in the meantime, you know, you look at that, that big-ass family, and uh, if I recall, one of them's a cop, one of them owns a local bar. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they contribute in ways, and that money and everything that comes back to the set. But then we go, well, then they're resources again, asshole. What are you talking about? But they're not just resources to a uh, ghost, are they? Not well, no, not at all. They are family to him. They this is this is his new family. I mean, and he is clinging to it as best he can. 
I know Future Ghost wants to basically retire there if he can. If he makes it through the good fight, he wants to go and protect that. Protect all his family. Yeah. That's Settle. that's his end goal. Settle down on family land. It sounds good. Right. It's not the fate Moscaru get to go through, get to get to have. That's why I'm saying. Hopefully he can have that fate, but that is what he strives to do. But who knows? He might go down fighting the good fight. Exactly. And I mean, there that is. You know, the, these are cousins. You know, and you know, uncles and aunts. This is um, boyfriends or girlfriends, lovers. I, I you know, mm-hmm. this is how the nation continues. And I think it. It would be a shame just to treat them as a resource, even though, yeah, they can be a resource, but there needs to be more than that. You know, I think if you look at them strictly from the standpoint as a resource, we are back in cardboard town. I was just going to say, they need to be fleshed out. They need to be people. Yeah. Not just, you know... Have their background, have their blood ties. Yeah, you know, have a description of them, have... Their likes and dislikes and their personality quirks and, you know, flesh them out. Make yeah. them people. An idea of what they're doing there. I mean, this was something we talked about off uh, off air, you know, but you looked at the, you look at those, the kinfolk that you guys are familiar with in the Sept, you know, and I pointed out that, well, you know, what's Roy doing there? That's a good question. None of us have ever asked him. He's exactly. just a family man that's there. Yeah. We now, don't know any of his relations to the Sept at all. Exactly. Now, I know the answer, obviously. But you guys don't. She never asked. Mm-hmm. But there, there is an answer. There is a reason he's there, of all places. You know? And I'm lucky I get to skate out on this because my character's never been to that Sept. There you go. <laughs> or you look, at, you look at Little Reds. Franchises available. Little Red's dry cleaning. What do they do, Tom? They launder things. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> Been there a few times, guys. And, you know, the uh, Shannon, who runs little that branch of Little Reds, is Dempsey's cousin. Right. Oh, yeah, because yeah. uh, I still have, whenever I ever see Dempsey, I have a little note in my pocket that he owes her 50 bucks. <laughs> they had a bet on something. I don't remember what it was. You might not have even been told what it was. I don't. Remember. No, I don't think I was told, but I still got to give them that bet note. <laughs> you know, it's little things like that. You know, we, we mentioned Vanessa, who was the, the love interest of a fallen Yaru in that sapped. You know, who's still there? Why? Because, well, Vic's pack was his family. That makes them her family. You know, so you've got these guys who are supremely protective of this woman. And, and at the same time, you know, um, I remember when you guys first met that character, you were um, specifically told she is off limits. Yeah, I was going to say they, they subtly suggested that maybe you don't flirt with her. Subtly? <laughs> no, it wasn't subtle. <laughs> and often isn't with the rabies and chains. No. Beheaded if we messed with her. <laughs> but, but, I mean, that's the thing. The example of the, the protective of her, because she's not just someone to go, you need to go over here because the elders called... Is a real person yeah. who went through some real shit, and no, she's 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 our girl. You don't mess with her. She's not just there for you to make Garu children. Right. In fact, you ain't touching her. Nope. <laughs> Nobody is. Nope. But yeah, she's there. You know, I don't need five kinfolk for that stuff to make that work. No. So now there, there's a pivot on since we're talking about her. Is there any tribes out there that actually make it so like specific? kinfolk are strictly for breeding i don't um it it depends on who you're listening to (laughs) 
I'm just wondering. I'm curious if there's a tribe out there that is these kin folks are specific because they breed true from this person mostly. So well, they, that's that's not a thing you could measure. Right. So I'm, I'm going to say no because well, here's the thing. You know, we've talked about like in the tribal series that like there's a level of full of shit everybody is all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so you won't hear the get a Fenris say, "Yeah, we separate our kinfolk for breeding stock and for manual labor." <laughs> but you might hear the Fianna say that about the get. Right. I can see that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It, total bullshit. Right. But it says this here in this book, which so, is why so kind of must be true. The uh, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> But that's just why well, it's, I mean, it was just a valid question. No, no, is there it, any, is, any, it is. Any one tribe, I'm not trying to just single one out. But. You know, and, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe there's an example I'm not thinking of or something slipped my mind over the years, but I can't think of a single tribe right now who even pretends to treat their kinfolk that shamefully. That's good. I mean, that's why I had to ask the question, because obviously our numbers are getting thin fast. Exactly. And I think if there was a kinfolk who bred true in, you know, often in, like, the Children of Gaia, she would be celebrated. Oh, I think that's true no matter what, but but I think, and maybe I misunderstood. So, you know, nail me on this if I'm not. I'm going both ways with it. Either they'd be celebrated or they're getting pulled off, like... You're you're a whore. <laughs> well, see, that's, that's the thing is is that was what I was going to address. Like, right. like they're not getting passed around. That's what I was just throwing out there to yeah, make sure not, you do not treat not, your kinfolk this way. Right. It's not like Stacy had three Garu cubs, so let's let's send her on a world tour through the Seps. That's, that's what I'm making sure happening. because if you you know, in a lot of it, they're also told, well, "Hey, our numbers are dwindling, mate, mate, mate." Like at least try to get more numbers. Sure, but then there comes into the the human, and I mean. We're talking right now about human kinfolk. Yeah. Right. Um, and I'm not... I'm just talking about human kinfolk right okay. now. You know, because then it, it's a weird kind of area when we talk about wolf kinfolk. Yeah. You know, because what... Let's you, not go yeah, there. Yeah, we're not doing it. Uh, <laughs> Let's just not go there. No. Um, they're, they're far more precious because they're far less at number, though. Wolf kinfolk. So there you go. There's that. But... Um, you know, that, that human, you know, it goes to the part of the gar that is human, you know, part human, part wolf, part spirit. So they're, they're ideally, and I would say far, far more often than not, there's always outliers. There's that emotional connection. Stacy bred true three times because you impregnated her, let's say four. Okay. Because <laughs> three for three is ridiculous. That's yeah, not, it's, that's hmm. never going to happen. Three for four is ridiculous, but that's, we're just, that's right. the example. With the odds. <laughs> right. That's your mate. I'm just making sure they're still treated like... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is she's not set property. That's your mate. That's your wife, whether you're married or not. That's your mate. That's good. I'm just making yeah. sure there's that <laughs> outline still in the kinfolk. No, absolutely. You know, and again, that's kind of the point we're talking about here. You know, is, is there not... Resources. That's, exactly. That's, what I'm, that's why I'm saying yep. she'd be a resource because she could breed true. But she's also a person. Right. Exactly. But I'm resource just, is a weird pet name. <laughs> and trust me, that's just the way I was going with it. Well, if you're thinking of it in a resource aspect, that's just the way I was going with that no, question. No, it's a, it's a good question. You're, you're good. <laughs> but no, they're not passed around like party favors. Thank God. <laughs> Thank Gaia, heathen. Sorry. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. <laughs> Sitting here in a werewolf podcast talking about God. Who? I don't know. So, okay. Back to Bookman. 
The book. The book. The man. The bookman. Um, He's a legend. He is a legend. And you said, like, he's defending the Sept. Yeah. And, you know, obviously there's a lot more to these characters in the brief thing I gave. But I think they all, each one of those five, they, they, they hit a different archetype. Mm-hmm. You know, and in, in Bookman's case, Andrew Bookman, he, he's um, a frontline kind of guy. You know, some people, they get the jobs and they help out. And he technically has a job. He's a ranger in this forest. But what does he do all day? Is he, he's up there at a, like a tree stand, you know, tree house at that point, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, with you know a couple sniper rifles, and, uh, you know, like a forty-five, a flare gun, a bunch of jerky, and he's watching the bond. You know, and that's a, a case for him there. But you know, he's also would be the kinfolk who's teaming up with his cousins and out there in the field until something goes wrong. Theoretically, you know, there are, there are kinfolk out there that yeah, they want a part of the fight. That's dangerous fucking work. <laughs> right, because you know their leg breaks. That's yeah. broken. Yep. That's, That's not healing. Nope, you don't. You get you got six months. <laughs> Your soak is like one, sir. You're you are a human. <laughs> you are a dumb skin bag. <laughs> and I mean, when you say the kinfolk who are out there in the fight, I, I can't help but think of Roxy. Roxy Sautal. Yes, you know she's she's one of my favorites, and she's not at the sept. No, she she's in. Uh, this, go ahead. But, you know, she's one of the ones who would pick up a gun and head out into the field. Oh, sure, she has. She... <clears throat> not allowed anymore. Well, that's that's different. Yeah. But, I mean, she's had a multitude of kinfolk roles. Yes. She's a bar owner. Yep. She's, you know, she's been out on the front lines with her sister. Yes, she has. And now she has a romantic interest? And that's not mutually exclusive with the rest of that, but, you know, yeah. So, I mean, she she kind of checks a lot of the boxes. Yeah, she, yeah. I mean, I've never thought about it. It's just how she came out, but yeah. Tier one kinfolk. Right? <laughs> Roxy's the best. Roxy is awesome. Roxy's soft, huh, man? Come on. One of the cooler names, too. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, I really, you know... I, I enjoy seeing her come out to play. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like using her. It's just the setting. You know, that's... Um, it, it's a know. tough, tough setting. Run, runs a little shifter bar and uh, kind of tucked away outside uh, Delacroix. Yeah. And it's one of those... I, I love the fact that her bar is kind of a safe house. It's a safe place. Yep. And Spent a time or two there. Yeah, you guys did. Yes, yeah. we did. You know, she's got apartments above the bar, so visiting guard can have somewhere to stay briefly if they're not in the set. You know, there's a little uh, first aid thing in the back, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Slightly case, mend yourself up case there. show full of bullets. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it just, you know, she, she's got she's got a lot of cards in her hand. Yeah, sawed off with some silver buck right there on a little hinge there under the bar, just in case. Roxy don't fuck around. But again, there's... Like you're saying, she's wearing multiple hats at that point. Mm-hmm, yeah. And she's a person. She's a, a sister. She could end up being a mother. Could. You know? And she was somebody's daughter. And I can't even imagine how it must feel to watch your two daughters go out into the field like that. You know? That's, that's got to be 
That's got to be terrifying for kinfolk parents. That would be a neat conversation to have with her in a future game. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I'm not getting into it now because right. I'd better do that in game. <laughs> um, and but you know, that's it's where you can't stress enough to flesh out these kinfolk. Yeah. I mean, just, just listen to us talk about some of our kinfolk in our game. You can tell that we've got good knowledge of these kinfolk. I mean, they're fleshed out so well, they're almost like another Garu. Just, they're not. They're yeah, just kinfolk. They, they can't change, they can't soak. Right. So, But we have their backs just as much as they have ours. Yeah, but they're playing for all the marbles. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's interesting you brought up Roxy. Because, you know, I wasn't gonna. Okay. You know, I... Why not? I, I did the ones at the summer. The, well, because I thought the ones at the summer rain ticked the the stereotype boxes mm-hmm. just from a glance, and I thought those would be the good. You know, oh, here's this archetype, more to it. But yeah, we could use this as an example of the archetype. But glad you brought up Roxy because then you get into um, you know into that relationship angle. And now, I mean, that's not something we really focus on in our games. You know, it, it's it, this isn't werewolf dating sim here. Oh. <laughs> It wouldn't be that fun of a game. <laughs> no. Weird. Oh. It'd be very weird. That a lot of people means... would get uncomfortable. Oh. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Right. Right. You know, the, the 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 romantic aspect is not something we touch down on. Now, that doesn't mean it can't be, but I wouldn't want to handle that like in a game. Like, listen, listen. I'm not gonna sit here and use a girl voice and flirt with Tom over here. Ooh. That's see. He looks like he's gonna throw up. Just a little. I already did in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that. He doesn't want that to happen. That's not what our game's going to be. That's Thank just uncomfortable. God. Thank God. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that something behind the scenes can't happen with a character. Yeah, but that's off camera. It, Way but it's, but it's still off camera. Off camera, and I hope storytellers are not involved. <laughs> well, sure, but in a third-person type perspective. Right. Well, I could just be like, here, storyteller, this happened. <laughs> I go, uh, most of that. There you go. But, you know, yeah, we're not... But... Here's the thing is, you know, Roxy Softhell is in a relationship with Agaru, um, an NPC segment Rainmaker. And I think this is an easier way to touch down on this because it's not that weirdness of these people who've known each other for years pretending to... No. We're all uncomfortable yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. But I think using Sekhmet Roxy in his example is a good way to talk about this. Okay. You know, because some games, that's cool. So some games, maybe that's not awkward to do. And, you know, I don't know. That's other games. And That's there's, not our game. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with it. I want to be no. clear on that. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. Hell, maybe uh, you got a group somewhere that, you know, uh, a couple or a married couple, or a couple who are dating, whatever, are playing. And one's playing a kinfolk. And they have that little kind of Sam and Diane kind of banter back and forth. And maybe it's, and I'm sure that'd be pretty good for a game. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. So, look, there are plenty of examples. But, again, that doesn't fit our bill. No. Let's talk about Sekhmet and Roxy. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, so yeah, you've got Roxy Soft Howell, who, um, you know, obviously not her real last name. She took that from her sister, Sarah. Yeah. But, um, you know, who's running this bar. Then you have Sekhmet Rainmaker, who is a, a sound strider, who is, him and his pack have kind of taken to call, you know, New, or- uh, New Orleans, the around area, Delacroix, and the, the apartments above the bar. Like, it's kind of home. As much as home can be a thing for a sound strider. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they hit it off. They, they have this relationship thing. And this is a thing that's been going on for years. But she hasn't had any kids. Okay. And they've been together for years. And they love each other very much. But they're not married. They're not engaged. 
because Sekhmet doesn't want to put her in a position where she's the, the, the wife waiting on him to maybe never come home again. Mm. I can definitely see Sekhmet being like that, too. You know, and on top of that, he's a sound strider. He's a leader of a pack that's known as world fucking travelers. So he's never home. Yeah, yeah he could be in Dubai for a month. Right. And everything's fine or nothing's fine. And now she's got a ring on her finger and maybe a baby on the way. Just, and maybe oh, you'll be dad. back. Maybe. Wow. Wow. And I mean, like, what if she wants a baby? It, she does. It, and he just won't? Like, God. It, maybe I'd in game, to, ask him. I'd, I'd love oh, to see behind <laughs> that curtain. <laughs> I, I don't think you're going to get Right, you're not going to get yeah. the answer, but it'll no, still I'll, be entertaining to watch you squirm trying I'll to t- ask him. I'll, I'll talk about this, because you won't get that information out of the characters. But I'd love to peek behind that curtain, like... See those. Oh, yeah, a real source of an argument. Yeah. Several, because it's not that the feelings aren't there, it's not that the will isn't there. But then again, you have Sekhmet Rainmaker, whose mother was a silent strider. You know, he, he was just left with his dad, who wasn't a prize. And, like... While his mother just ran off and was Indiana Jones all over the world and killing vampires for fun. And Roxy's no wilting violet. I mean, no. she can handle her own. And... I have no doubt that she would step up against uh, against Sekhmet and be like, no, this is what I want. My biological clock is ticking. And start pounding her foot. Ticking like this, little Mr. Yeah. yeah little yeah. my cousin Betty? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You went there too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so I'm over here smirking. Yeah. <laughs> my biological is ticking like this. <laughs> I can see her doing that. And, you know... Yeah, he can put forth the argument that he might never come home. Mm-hmm. But, again, I don't see that being a, a world-ending problem for her. Not at all. I don't either. I, I know she can survive She's got it. plenty of other Garo around her, plus her sister. No, Roxy Softall would be fine if Sekhmet died. Exactly. She would be fine. I mean, she... After a while. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, she would be fine. Right. Like, she can survive that. She's not gonna... She's not gonna crawl in a corner and die. But from his perspective, it's not about her. It's about the child. It's about the child. It's about that child growing up without the father. Because his mother fucked off and left him. But you gotta look at it. She was fighting a good fight. And he understands that. But people are irrational sometimes. Right. And again, there it is. People are irrational. They're illogical sometimes. You know? Man, that... Those... Real people, not cardboard type. Exactly. Those fights, those arguments. And it's shit you'll never see on camera. It just is happening because these are, quote, real people. I mean, I can see her fucking, like... Throwing dishes. <laughs> More than dishes. But you know, because <laughs> she you knows know he knives. can take the hit. <laughs> you know, knives. Okay, but but I can see her getting like really kind of crazy. I don't want. I don't want to say crazy, but trying like, to put her foot down as best she can. Yeah, look, she's hard-headed, hard-drinking, tough as nails, Southern woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you do the math from there. <laughs> so I guess. Um, from there, do we have uh, do we have anything else? Well, I guess, you know, we do, though. Okay. We do, though. And uh, I, I suppose I should go over it quickly. Yeah. Because uh-huh. I'm pointing at the clock now. <laughs> but we have that example of Ted Collins, which is that kinfolk over the edge. Oh, Ted. Deadly, Tedly. You know, we're, we're, we've talked about, you know, it, 
kinfolk is is a function, you know, and how not to do that. But at the same time, that's from a creative standpoint. You know, there are plenty of garu out there who treat kinfolk like servants. Like gum on the bottom of their shoe. Yeah. You know, I mean, we paint this nice picture in the beginning, but it's not always like that. <laughs> you know, um, there's a very real condition where they're treated as second-class citizens sometimes. You know, you won't treat your, your cousin that way, maybe. But this asshole, you know, who's this guy? And so you have an example like Ted Collins, who is the, you know, the, the little redneck who could. The, <laughs> the guy who definitely tries too hard and rubs everyone the wrong way. But, but for whatever reason, this is a kinfolk who, in, in the, not in these games, but in previous games, who is mistreated. Horribly. Yes. And, you know, you, he, that, that negativity festers. And, you know, suddenly he's mad about actual slates and slates he perceives. Stuff that isn't even real. He just gets more angry, more paranoid. It opens his heart to the worm. This is where you get skin dancers, you know. It's Garu who, or kinfolk who have killed Garu and, and through through a ritual have, have taken their skins and become a Garu themselves. It's it's fucked up. It, yeah, it's bad, and I I have a soft spot in my heart for Deadly Tedley, and he's weird, and he tries too hard, and he's socially awkward, and I mean. He was a broken guy. Yeah. But that's the thing. That can happen. You know, you you can have that guy just be kicked around and kicked around and kicked around and go over the edge. You know, that can happen with kinfolk. And, and there's not a whole lot scarier, I think, than someone who knows where you sleep at night, who you trust to guard you when you sleep at night, switching teams. And I mean... A little bit of mindfuck there. I, I've always wanted to just... Give Ted a hug and, like, a plate of warm cookies. <laughs> yeah, but he'll get grabby. He'll I, ruin it. I know. I know. He's designed that way. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he just, he doesn't know. Yeah, there's. He there's, doesn't know better. <laughs> yeah. I know. And that's, that's the You're problem. You're giving me stuff, you must like me. Right? <laughs> yeah. And he, he takes it that one step too far. He mm-hmm. always has. And he, he's just, he's, he's awkward. He's, ugh. Oh. And hey, he's going to go for the ass grab. Yeah, you know. Why are you going for the ass grab, sir? It's <laughs> a good way to get slapped. You're not dating. <laughs> well, and then when he does get smacked because he went for the ass grab, that's a slight. And now I'm picking on him. It's true. And that's the thing that's the slope of it because there's a time then that's not that and he made a mistake. But as the abuse on his end continues... Mm-hmm keeps festering. It keeps festering. And now something that would have been his fault and his mistake and he would have been embarrassed at one point is now another example of the disrespect. You know? Being a second-class citizen, basically. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I just I wanted to make sure to cover that real quick because we forgot about it, and I think I, I know Tom, Yeah, yeah, no. And it was an important facet of the kinfolk. I, I think it needed to be brought up. Yeah, and I think, I think Ted is a example of what not to do. You know, in terms of treatment of a kid folk, right? Absolutely. However, you can't ignore the fact that it happens, and it happens kind of a lot. Your mileage may vary again with tribes, and yeah, it happens. It happens a lot, and it shouldn't happen. You piece of shit! You are here to go to work and give me your paycheck, and that is why you exist. And that is faulty thinking. Certainly, but God, we're not perfect. Nobody is. Nobody is. That's true. I got a hangnail last week. What? How'd that work out? What an asshole. <laughs> Jesus. No screenshot didn't happen. 
Wow. Why would you say that, Tom? What? What did I say? Who the hell? I didn't say anything. Jeez. It's terrible. Just try you know to what? throw me under the you bus know Cubs over corner. here. Cubs corner. Cubs corner Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> Joey, what do we got? <laughs> okay. Our first topic for Cubs corner. This isn't so much a question. It's just a topic. Oh, just a little, little explainy yeah. stuff again? A little explainy stuff. Cool. So. Yeah, I'm the writer. <laughs> You're the what? What's the um, question? What's the thing? The thing. <laughs> Let's get to the thing. The veil. Okay. Um, I mean, this is an easy one. Simply put, the veil is the fact that werewolves aren't real. <laughs> Vampires aren't real. That's the masquerade, which That's is totally different. Totally different. On every level, I promise. Okay. <laughs> it's not just a different word for the same concept. No, completely different. <laughs> completely different. All right. So we'll get into that probably never. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's an extremely never. Um, okay, so the veil is... No, I mean, it's exactly that. It, it's, the, it's, it's the understanding to the world at large that werewolves are fiction. Okay. You know, if the veil were to be breached and people were to know... Tomorrow, let's look at it this way. Look at the real world, okay? If you learn tomorrow, you know, if the president showed up and said, werewolves are real and here's some evidence, here's some photographic evidence, here's some video we took of one tearing up a town... Here's chasing a girl in a red hood. It was crazy. It's real. They're real. Werewolves is a real thing. Did you just put a little red riding hood in there? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so They were going into a laundromat. <laughs> but what's going to happen? You're going to have every farmer on the, uh, in the country. With pitchforks and torches. Oh, yeah. Killing every wolf they can see. There's going to be a dude at the zoo with like a rock and a, and a fire axe. Well, look at what happened with the swine flu a couple years ago, and they freaking killed the one pig in the zoo in Afghanistan. True story. Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, but, but there you go. You know, it would be anarchy. Right. You know, forests would be cut down. Wolves would be exterminated. So in this day and age, it would be anarchy or the delirium. That brings up our second Cubs Corner topic. Almost like we planned it. We didn't plan it. That's a lie. <laughs> I'm, I'm the planner of this show. And you should know that we absolutely planned this out. <laughs> we totally did no such thing. Anywho. Okay, what is the next thing? Is it about the delirium? Is it asking <laughs> me what the delirium is? I must be psychic because of the delirium. Guys, I got popcorn out right now. This is just, <laughs> it's like an old couple bickering right now. This is good. Um, the delirium. Yeah, you didn't even see. I already know. You didn't even have to say it. Totally unplanned. The delirium. Yes, it's a we'll call it a psychological scar that runs across the whole of humanity. It is a deep-seated terror, um, which activates upon seeing a garu, and not just a garu. There are other shifters, but for right now, a garu in, in their crinos, which is your your werewolf form. Okay. You know, there there are other things that will trigger it as well. But what it is, and it's broken down by different um, subsets of the population. I'm not looking at the chart right now. But there are different um, percentages have different reactions. You know, and predominantly it's, it's just running in sheer terror or huddling in the corner and wetting yourself. And, and no matter what, you, your brain will, will justify what you saw in line with the veil. So you didn't see a pack of Garu and Lupus, you know. You saw a pack of, a pack of wild dogs. Yep. You know, you didn't see Krinos 
werewolf fucking crash through your storefront. It was some asshole in a bear costume. Okay. That's one way to put it. It's how the human brain is right. justifying what they saw. Because werewolves aren't real. And just the sight of them brings that instinctual primal terror, which came about through a thing called the Imperium, but that's something we'll talk about another day. Okay. We were just talking about the delirium. Exactly. Well, we were talking about the male, too. You should pay attention. <laughs> we're doing a show here. I, I have to do what now? So I think that's about it for us today, huh? We've had our fun. We certainly have. We hope you have, too. Um, you know, we want to thank you for listening. You know, make sure to, uh, you know, rate us, tell all your friends, tell your friends' friends, tell some random strangers. Everything's fine. Feel free to, like, print up business cards and just hand them out with our... Our, our website on it. Why not? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Visit the new website, too. That's right. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, what? what is that new website, Tom? Oh, well, let's see, HTTP. <laughs> colon backslash backslash? Yeah. Yep. Let's leave our colons out of this. Okay. <laughs> www.rageacrosstheinternet.com You got it in Dot one. com. <laughs> I can't help it. I have to. I know. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Um, we hope to see you next time. Remember, be excellent to each other, and uh, take care. We'll see you. Why am I waving? Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Remember, we definitely want to hear what you have to say. Feedback, suggestions, give it a name. And you can do that at our email, rageacrosspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook and Rage Across the Internet. You can get with producer Joey over on our Twitter at Rage Across. When you listen, and we thank you for doing so, remember that you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and our website, rageacrosstheinternet.com. Rage Across the Internet's music is It's Into the Fog by Darren Curtis, shared with a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 unported license. For details, check out the information under the podcast.